0: Oh, yeah, you're not getting any
1: through this movie. Zero chance. I think this is a good time for me to tell the story about how I lost the top of my finger.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Swear to God, look at that. You can't see it. It's flat.
0: Just seems like poor medicine. That's what I'm saying. He's a bad doctor.
1: He's a bad doctor. <laughs> Yay! 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 We are back. Welcome. It is Fright Club live at the Gateway Film Center. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. First of all, thank you guys for braving the frozen tundra That's out right. there. That's right. I mean, right. What, what God, this this reminds us, we were talking at Happy Hour. That's right. It reminds us of the very first Fright Club That's right. so many years ago. Many years ago. John, John was there. John was here and the two of us and what, two other people yep. maybe?
0: Because it, it was not here, it was at the Studio 35, and they, we were a midnight show, yeah. and there was an, uh, an ice storm that night, so it was, yeah. it was basically five of us watching this movie, yes. watching Severance, but we and persevered. enjoying every minute.
1: <laughs> we persevered. Well, welcome. We are going to have some fun. We've got a, a fun topic, fun in quotes, a, a, a fun movie, fun in quotes, but before that, we've been teasing a little bit for the last couple of days because we've got some great news. We've been working on this for a while. And we just got the news yesterday or today? Yesterday. Yesterday, from the Owens group, that we've got another chance right here at Fry Club for you to see a movie we've been looking forward to, a horror movie that looks really cool, and you're going to get a chance to see it before anybody else.
0: Yes, and we're very excited about it. You know what? I do not want to talk about it. I just want to show you what it is. What's going on?
1: We found a part of a man in the woods today.
0: Part of the man? (laughs)
1: This has got to be an animal, right? No animal that I've ever seen. It's a diabolical spirit. Excuse me, this is a myth. For you, yeah. He's here. for our Fright Club premiere of Antlers. Yay!
0: So we're very excited. We want to thank thank, uh, Cicely Enriquez and the Owens Group for hooking us up with the new uh, Scott Cooper horror gem, well, we hope so, Antlers. We're very excited about it. Scott Cooper, who did... uh, Crazy
1: Heart. He did Hostiles. He did uh, Out of the Furnace. And this one is a small-town Oregon teacher, Carrie Russell, and her brother, Jesse Plemons, the local sheriff, discovering that a young student is harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences so you're going to be able to see it over a week before yes. anybody else about a week and a half it comes uh, out on premiere. april 17th and we will be right here with it april 8th at gateway film center for a fright club premiere and same deal we're going to do a six thirty happy hour then a seven thirty podcast and then on the big screen antlers at eight o'clock and it will be absolutely free
0: That's right. Uh, We'll have, uh, you know, past information as we get it for you. So, hooray. So, we're very excited about that. Thank you so much, Cicely, for hooking us up with that.
1: All right. So, last time out, we had fun with our annual Skeletons in the Closet podcast, looking into the Bad horror movie pass of some Oscar nominees. Well, and now some Oscar winners. That's right. So that was that, uh, that is always one of my favorite podcasts. I
0: agree. I love that one. And, and uh, it's, the first, it's funny because the first thing I think of now when the Oscar nominations come out has nothing to do with Oscars at all. It's entirely about this podcast <laughs> because I really love to do it. And, um, and I think some people enjoyed it. Seth and his entire uh, online posse, they celebrated the masterpiece that is Cutting Class.
1: <laughs> that went over
0: really, really big. And our friend Phantom Dark Dave, He's the one person who unironically loves, just genuinely loves, Tom Hanks. He knows you're alone. He knows you're alone. He loves that movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Katie is the one person in the world who hates GD National Treasure Tom Hanks. But you know what? I love that you don't shrink from it. (laughs) Way to go. And then so.
0: Jenny also loves uh, The Devil's Advocate. Oh, yeah. So she she maybe didn't think it deserved to be on that list because she doesn't <laughs> think it's oh. a guilty pleasure. Okay. Just, just a right. good movie.
1: All right. Well, that's good stuff. Well, and then we also got a little preview of tonight because we uh, posed to Twitter. Tonight's podcast is about bad date. Horror movies, not movies about bad dates, but ones you don't want to have a first date to. In fact,
0: so we ran into a friend of ours last weekend at Burns Pub and she has a new boyfriend and she actually had come to the Gateway Film Center for her first time on a date with her new boyfriend sometime in the last week and she was telling us about it. And she goes, when is your next thing? Maybe we'll go. And I said, no, not this month. (laughs) no this is not a good place to take your new
1: boyfriend but anyway we got some good we got some good ideas uh on twitter when we posed that question some really good ones um really not really horror movies but really bad movies for dates happiness
0: yeah that's a bad one (laughs) that's a bad one blue velvet that's a weird
1: one heineken be sure to drink heineken
0: (laughs) the clock That's just a test of endurance.
1: The clock, yeah. (laughs) Actually, uh, somebody brought up Force Majeure, and that's so funny because I love that movie. Yeah, and we just saw the remake, the American remake called Downhill, uh, the other night. So that's a that's a good uh, good entry. Marley and Me.
0: Just because he didn't want he didn't want his date to see him ugly cry during a movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, Dog 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 Tooth. Yeah, yeah, that's in the company of men. Yeah, yeah. that's another one. We did get
0: some horror ones though.
1: Yeah, the Wicker Man remake.
0: Father's Day inside, that's uncomfortable really anytime you watch it, and I think the greasy strangler, I don't know, I think that might be a good choice really.
1: That might be that might be fun, but all right, hard candy yeah, Yeah. that'd be a little uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, mother midsummer, I think that's an excellent date movie actually, really, it's a good litmus test, I think human centipede, the human
1: centipede yeah, can you see if you're, if uh, ladies, if your, your, your man takes you to him, what are we going to see? All the human centipede. Yeah. And you'll be heading for the exits, I'm thinking. We might so, skip the last yeah, three. Skip, let's just skip the last three. Oh, yeah, three. because they're all. They're all on the list. such good, uh, yeah, such good uh, ideas that yeah. they made the list. All right, that's cool. Thank you for everybody that chimed in on that on Twitter. That was fun because it is, it's just a fun, a fun topic to talk about. And uh, let's do that. Let's yeah. start off at number five. You want to? All right, number five in bad horror movies to see on a date. This is from 1999. A widower takes an offer to screen girls at a special audition arranged for him by a friend to find him a new wife. The one he fancies is not who she appears to be after all. Say it with me. Kitty 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 Audition. This is a classic it is and it's been on many a list for a good reason yes. but this is perfect for for this topic because I, I could see this one it would spur if you didn't know the date okay right. if it's it's an early on in your in your dating history yes. it, it would cause it be a good topic of conversation or a to bad find one. out or a bad one <laughs> but you could really it's sort of a test <clears> to find out all right where do you where do you fall on this argument about it, yes. what he was doing? Right. Did he deserve it? And that right. spawned quite a conversation.
0: Well, I can't I can't imagine really anybody coming out of that movie thinking he deserved that. But if they but, did, you
1: might run the other way.
0: But, oh, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, the, his son definitely didn't deserve it. The dog, no, no, dog didn't do anything. But the dude, I mean, he is an asshole. Yeah, he is. And his friend is a bigger asshole. But it's funny because I've been in, in conversations where he was just this innocent victim. And I thought, the fuck?
1: No, you'd hardly call him an innocent victim. Uh, you might call the guy in the bag. Uh, <laughs> we don't know.
0: We don't know what he did. He might have deserved it. Man,
1: I tell you, the first time I saw that movie, when that bag moved, holy moly! That is a that is a really iconic, iconic moment in the movie, and it's uh, it's a classic for a lot of reasons. And no, no less than Quentin Tarantino, you've heard of him. I have called it a true masterpiece, if there ever was one. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's it's interesting that the original the original story that it's based on has. Not just one foot, but two feet. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, removed at the end. And uh, originally, in the, in the first script of Mike's it's Takashi Mike, It's Takashi Mike film. If we didn't mention that, did we mention that? I don't think we did. Okay. we were uh, about to. Yeah, we were. <laughs> 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 he didn't have any dismemberment at all. Uh, at what? Any dismemberment at all? So they ended up splitting the difference <laughs> and, and going for one. But I think I was trying to I'm trying to imagine if it didn't have any in there, and oh boy, well, I don't think it would pack quite the wallop. Well, no, you need no, that in there. Very definitely, yeah. you do. Absolutely,
0: yeah. you do. Because there's no going back after take off guy's foot. <laughs> you know, there. You know, it's hard to it's hard to bounce back from that. Um, Takashi Miike, uh, uh, we love him so much, and actually, he's got I don't know 300 movies that could easily oh have my. made a bad date yeah. list. Um, Ichi the Killer, I don't recommend for a first date. That's a tough one to sit through uh, with a new Go romance. Gozu. But we don't want this one because, you know, there's the dating that is involved that is the heart of this film. And that also because I think, you know, Mika has made so many movies, well over 100, that it's hard to sort of, he doesn't really have, like, thumbprints that you see all over. You don't like, oh, this is clearly a Takashi Mika movie. But this particular film is it really very, very different from most of his movies. His oh, yeah. movies can have so many, like, they there's sort of a mishmash of different styles. A lot of them are very kinetic and, and colorful, and they move really quickly. And this is so Such a slow burn when it is so that when things start to happen, when it goes south, Mm -hmm. it really um, I think it's even more of like you just gasp at what's
1: going on. I agree. And plus that she is so small. Oh, she is. She seems so meek. And then when she's so incredibly sadistic, that that kind of it it works much the same way as a slow build does. Yes.
0: And and one of the things I think her performance is just just miraculous. It's just brilliant. One of my favorite things about it, of course, she just looks so you know, like a wounded flower, the mm-hmm. whole movie until she's until he can't move, and she's and that's the first time she smiles, and she's so happy when she's sawing his foot <laughs> off. Oh my God, she's just you know, the best. And
1: that actually brings up a, another good point about this movie because the the drug that yeah. she injects into her into her victims is totally made up. Oh, it's, it's just a fictional. But I think that draws an interesting line because you see a lot of movies, a lot of horror movies, but really any movie. Sometimes you. Pick those nits about what's plausible and what is not. Yeah. Now here's a point that is so important to the film, and just the fact that no drug like that exists, mm-hmm. I don't think matters at all. It yeah. doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things. Right. You can you can take a point like that with, and it's not like it's going full Batman where you just get whatever you need off the bat belt, you know. <laughs> but but the fact it doesn't, you don't stop and go. Now wait a minute. You know, there's not a drug like that. You just sail on by yeah. and it, it, it works fine without any uh, lapse in the uh, in the believability of it or the horror of it either. No. And it is a classic, no doubt about that. It certainly would spur some debate on your date from 1999 Audition, and that is number five on our list. And by the way, apologies for all the uh, medicines in my stuffed-up head because I got the full-on sinus attack, so I'll try to keep my, my nose blowing to a minimum in the, uh, <laughs> during the podcast. And as always, we can fix it in post. <laughs> so moving up to uh, number four from 2002, another classic. Events over the course of one traumatic night in Paris unfold in reverse chronological order as the beautiful Alex is brutally raped and beaten by a stranger in the underpass, Irreversible. This is, of course, the happy-go-lucky Gaspar Noe. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's the movie that is told in reverse chronological order. And when you finally do get to the end of the movie, which is the first scene in, in the order that it would play, uh, you see that Monica Bellucci is, is reading a book there in the grass in the park, and the book is An Experiment with Time, which basically is what this movie is Yeah, because it just goes one after the other backwards. And I thought of this movie in a weird way after we saw um, 1917 because 1917 was so skillfully made up of just a very few shots, yeah. a, as, as this one is. Yeah. I think this yep. one is 10 or, or 12 just really long takes that uh, really add up to just an, an incredible experience. And, of course, it has those two Very memorable, very brutally violent scenes, which is why it would be uncomfortable for a date movie.
0: Oh, yeah. You're not getting any after this movie. (laughs) Zero chance.
1: Zero They should have put that on the movie poster. Nope. None. (laughs) No. Um,
0: And, you know, I mean, most Gaspar Noe films, really, you should get to know the person you're dating before you launch a Gaspar Noe film. (laughs) You know, I mean, love is his most romantic, and that's when you should know the person first. And, you know, (laughs) enter the void. Oh, I just think. Yeah. Yeah, they're not good first dates.
1: Yeah, he's he's out to to shock you, and, and certainly does that that here. And it's interesting too that um well the 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 main rape scene, which is so hard to watch, it's it's about ten nine or ten minutes, just straight, yeah. no cuts. And they one of the things the first time I saw it, I I really had such respect for the actress Monica Bellucci. Oh, she's great. What she went through, and oh I think god. they I think I read that they had to do six takes of that. Oh, god! Uh, it's just brutal. I mean, it's brutal to watch. I couldn't believe how she had to. I had to sit through that, but it it is just it's one that is is hard to keep your eyes on the whole time. But at the same way, you're sort of you're sort of transfixed to it. And also with the the beating in the club Mm -hmm. in the S&M club, that is so incredibly violent. And they do a really good job of cutting away from the guy's real face to a dummy head that I just thought it looked like just just mashing that head into a pulp, man, yeah. and which is in so such contrast to the rest of the movie as it slowly yeah. leads yeah. in reverse order to such a tranquil final scene. Yeah.
0: I think one of the things uh, that I think, maybe because those two scenes are so incredibly graphic and shocking, one of the things that I think it's missed in this movie is that the comeuppance is wrong. Yeah. I think... I, like I don't want to spoil anything, but pay attention to what I mean. Which is again, it is. It's hard to pay attention. You have to look away, but you, you miss an incredibly important point. I can't. I, I I think the majority of people that I've talked to about this missed that. The majority yeah. of people I've talked to about this. Well, it's easy to miss, that and that's
1: good because you really don't want. It's it's not a point that you would want be labored for you, but it is. It's it's very important as to whether because he obviously, uh, her husband wants. Revenge mm-hmm. uh, as to the man and whether he gets it or not is a is a very big point. But it's certainly a, a, a movie that is, is shocking for many reasons. But it's yeah, it's one that you're not going to you're not going to leave. Like you said, you ain't getting any. You're not going to be in a, a very romantic mood no. uh, after watching Irreversible uh, in 2002. But as with a few directors we've talked about before, Lars von Trier being one of them. I always yeah. want to see whatever Gaspar Noe is yes. doing. Oh, my God, I, yes. I always Absolutely. do. I don't always yeah. love it. No. Uh, and, and interestingly enough. And
0: I almost always feel beat up by the time it's over. I
1: think that's, it seems like that is his goal. Yeah. It really is. Uh, like with the last one, Climax. Climax, oh. I certainly felt that way. I loved, yeah. I really enjoyed the movie, but you really did feel like it was an experience. Bruised. I felt yeah. bruised when I was I leaving. think the worst one for that was Enter the Void. Mm. I really thought that I'd been beat, it because that's like two and a half hours yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's yeah, his cert- movies don't need to be any longer. Certainly, as a provocateur, Irreversible yeah. is our number four, uh, and moving up to number three is the sweet romantic love story we're going to see tonight from 2007. Still a teenager to her own body, a high school student discovers she has a physical advantage when she becomes the object of male violence. Its teeth. Are you
0: sexually active? No, I just want to be checked out. Okay then.
1: Every 23rd spring.
0: What's it doing up there?
1: For 23 days.
0: I think there might be something weird going on inside.
1: What? What's? What did
0: we put in here? gets too late. There's something inside of me. How many people have seen it?
1: Ah, back for more, I see. <laughs> All right. All right, well, for the people that haven't, we don't want to spoil anything, no. but we would like to get your reactions after. So uh, after it's over, they're going to turn the sound down. And please, we'd love to have you come down and get your, get your comments as part of the podcast. So with that, we'll just move on. We will move on. Just move on and enjoy. 94 minutes later. I think this is a good time for me to tell the story about how I lost the top of my finger. <laughs> Swear to God, look at that. Thing. You can't see it. It's flat. Actually, I I dropped a dumbbell on at the gym. popped it open like a baked potato. It was awesome, mm-hmm. but uh, that's just one of the one of the thoughts this movie filled <laughs> me with. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting as the, the humor that's in it underneath is a lot of very serious issues. Yeah,
0: there are a couple of things. This is so like meticulously put together. This movie and Mitchell Lichtenstein, if you don't know, is is artist Roy Lichtenstein's son, and he's from Ohio yes, as well. So got
1: the biggest. Big uh, sculpture out at the John Glenn Airport. Yeah,
0: that's right. Like, my favorite image in this movie is when she is riding her bike to the gynecologist, and she goes past those Calvin Klein, imi- the billboard says perfect, and right under it says banana split for 99 cents.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Um. There's just so many just little touches like that throughout this whole movie that I think are priceless.
1: Well, and you know, there's many, many horror movies that we've talked about that have been rooted in Fear of women, fear of women's sexuality, mm-hmm. and it's it's so telling that there's the line in this where the church group says, and then because of Eve, Eve and the devil, yep, and the boom, the there serpent, it is. yeah, there it is, right there, yeah. There's the, the the root of so much of it,
0: right. Well, and then also I love that they they talk that there's so much Medusa in this movie because the myth of Medusa, even though she's you know she's a villain allegedly, she it was an adaptation from a rape. She was raped. And then she became something that couldn't be raped anymore. So I I thought that was actually pretty brilliant as well. But let's see what you thought. What are your thoughts? Anybody? Totally unbelievable. Totally,
1: no one would stop and pick her up, even if she is a beautiful blonde. Right after, right after she puts her out of her thumb. Yeah, it
0: was. That was that was pretty good <laughs> timing with the hitchhiker. Okay, so I've never seen this before, and I was actually really surprised how funny it was, um, but I. I was telling them up there, I think the thing that creeped me out the most wasn't the teeth or even the severed limbs. It was, like, all the dudes in this town. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what creeped me out the most. Yeah, the, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of sexual predators in one very small community, really.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see how, like, uh, she reacts to all these guys just creeping on her and, like doing something that she clearly doesn't want to do and is really pressured by it.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, I think, as you said earlier, it's a, it's an interesting, um, especially for a film made by a man. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, uh, rape revenge is a pretty common theme in horror movies. And one of the things that I think is interesting about this one is that it is played for laughs at the expense of the dudes. But at the same time, I mean, it's really very troubling film. Um, yeah. And, and I think that it's a weird tone that the movie takes that I think, on the whole, really works for it. But at the same time, it doesn't make the movie any less disturbing.
1: No, it's, so much of it could be seen as a... Even even when you're laughing at some of the silliness of it as an allegory for a lot of things. And it's a little... You know, the production values aren't great all the way through it, but uh, I think it has it has a lot to say, really.
0: I also think that uh, Jess Wexler is just amazing. Yep. I mean, I, I don't think that this movie could possibly land as well as it did were it not for how just sort of believable her transformation is and what a great job she does of, of nailing that sort of earnest, innocent at the beginning without making her feel like a cartoon.
1: It's funny because when they were filming this, um, the area where they filmed at the neighborhood, a lot of the neighbors there uh, pro- were protesting because they thought they were making a porno. <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand why no. all, these, all these wangs <laughs> flying around and dogs eating... <laughs> and that's really that's the dog thing that's just that's the coup de grace because you know clearly you know from pretty much the first scene he's gonna get it oh yeah from the the first scene when they're kids you know he's gonna get it and uh i couldn't place the guy the first boyfriend yeah that actor i he really looked familiar to me i'm sorry he's on the tv show the magicians is that on currently okay we don't watch TV, so we that's don't, why we don't get to but, watch uh, any TV. Maybe I saw it in passing, but uh, so obviously he's still a, he's still out there working, actor. So that's probably why I've seen even him some, some crippled time. as he is. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> so now, for those even who haven't seen it, know why it landed on the list of movies you don't want to take your date to because yeah. whoo, that would be some interesting, interesting post post movie. So what do you want to do now? <laughs> <laughs> I know what I don't want to do. <laughs> But all in all, yes, enjoyed it? Okay. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: They're a thumbs up anyway. There's not a lot of applause, (laughs) but. uh. Thumbs up anyway. (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) Number two on our list from 2009. This is one we almost mentioned, or we did mention earlier because it was one that was. uh,
0: Bandied about on Twitter.
1: Exactly. So a grieving couple retreat to their cabin in the woods hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage. But nature takes its course and chaos reigns. <laughs> and things go from bad to worse. Lars von Trier, Antichrist. You said you wanted to help me! Where are you? Nature is Satan's church. The evil you talk about is an obsession. No!
0: Did you want to kill me? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, if you've seen this one, it will probably come as no surprise that filming started just after Von Trier left a mental hospital. Um, (laughs) And it's part of his trilogy of depression, which is uh, this one plus melancholia and nymphomaniac one and two. And I'll tell you right from the opening scene, if nothing else, even if if it's a Von Trier film you don't care for, man, he can shoot some beautiful, beautiful sequences. That opening sequence of this movie. Man. Oh it's, yeah. It's just it, it looks
0: fantastic. Well, the whole movie does, but I need to just back up for a second because he said that trilogy of depression and I thought, which movies are not <laughs> on that list? Which right. one trier? And then oh. it's my happy trilogy. The house at Dancer Jackville. in the dark. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Dancer in the dark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah, that's a good point. Um but this would obviously the the uh the title alone and there's so much religious so much of this movie is religious allegory. Yeah. I mean, you've got the gar- the, the forest is Eden. Yeah. And then her is the mother figure and uh, the problems with uh, with their relationship. And they always tell you, you know, you see in movies and TV that doctors are never supposed to treat people in their family right. or people that they know for their patients. And, boy, you find that there's a good reason for that here in this there movie.
0: There is. Well, right away, though, although I, lo- I mean, I love this movie. I deeply love this movie. And I think both the performances are just fearless and amazing. But, you know, she just lost her child. Why should we dwell on what else is terrible? Why would you do that? Let's also make a list of other things that frighten you. Like, should we turn my attention away from grief to something happy? Or do we also have to go to the scariest place in the world? It just seems like poor medicine, is what I'm saying.
1: He's a bad doctor. (laughs) He's a bad doctor. He gets, if there's something coming to him, he gets it. Oh, he does. He does. And, of course, this is famous for the scenes of uh, genital problems. We put it that way. Yeah. Uh, So if you're on a date and uh, it comes to that, yeah. Uh yeah, I I think the phrase "you're not getting any" might apply yeah. here too.
0: Yes, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough watch. Once the tools come out, once the scissors come out, it's a tough watch.
1: <laughs> once the scissors and come I, out, and I you know
0: I think on but it's you know it's it's egalitarian in its uh yeah. Nobody's
1: gonna be comfortable. And it was originally scheduled. It, it came out in 2009. It was originally scheduled to come out in 2005, but apparently an executive producer accidentally revealed the planned ending, and so Vine Trier had to go back and and write a new one. Oh yeah. But uh, it's Why'd he spill the beans? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, work that in there. <laughs> and Von Trier has said about this one that he tried his best to make a horror film but did not succeed. In much the same way, he said he tried to make a musical with Dancer in the Dark Yes, and didn't succeed. That's one of my favorite musicals. I'm
0: not even kidding. That is uh, one of my favorite see, musicals. See,
1: that's one of Von Triers. I dance in the dark now. I do. I love that. That doesn't do it for me. I like that one a lot, and uh, I definitely
0: think this is a horror film. And I I remember seeing it at the time because we didn't expect Lars von Trier to make a horror film. And then you know the whole first act is very much one of his incredibly depressing, slow, beautiful, poetic movies. And then I'm like, oh, it's a cabin in the woods movie. How exciting! Yeah. And then you know I I think it's horror movie. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Very much so, and not a good date movie. No. And that's why it's on Mm -hmm. our horror list of bad date movies. It is number two. It is 2009. Antichrist. Boy, as always, with these Fright Club lives. We're up against the clock, so let's move it on up to number 1 from 2010. An aging porn star agrees to participate in an art film in order to make a clean break from the business. Can you hear the groans? Only to discover that he has been drafted into making a pedophilia and necrophilia themed snuff film. It's a Serbian film. Everybody knows a Serbian <laughs> film, right?
0: God doesn't want me to show that trailer.
1: Well, <laughs> well, rest assured, that's not one you're ever going to see at Fright Club, because I know Gateway will not show no, it. No, they won't
0: show it. No, they won't show it. I and do, that's okay.
1: I do think it has been shown here in town once in yeah, the last... Yeah,
0: uh, the, the year it came out, the Horror Marathon showed it.
1: Yes, shock around the clock. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. So. It's infamous for good reason, but you know, the, the funny thing is, it's at the heart of it, I think there is a worthwhile film with some worthwhile political implications yeah, and I, some I, political I, expression. I it's really not, do.
0: It's not a bad movie. No. It's not. It's really, um, and it's, really hard no, to know. And, and, and the title is is very intentional. It's yeah. it's basically about how do you go back to a normal life after you've served in a war like the Serbian war. That's what the whole film is about. It's like it's impossible to be shocked by anything and you you're just so deadened by everything. But the rest of us weren't in that war, so um Damn.
1: Yeah, uh, the, uh, the director, who I, I can't pronounce his name. No, you can't. But he, I can't <laughs> He has said that it's, a, it's about a struggle against all corrupt authority, hypnotizing you to do things you don't want to do. And I think that's a very good point, though, about the title of the film, yeah. a Serbian film. Yeah. There's so many atrocities. And if you ever had the stomach to actually read some of the actual atrocities that have occurred oh, yeah. in the, the, the Serbian-Bosnia-Herzegovina war, just horrific horrific and i do think there's a there's a political expression going on in this movie that you're right it doesn't make it a bad movie like other movies say you know uh, cannibal holocaust yeah. you know has such an infamous uh, reputation it's i don't a bad care movie. for the movie no exactly. it's a bad
0: movie this is not a bad movie it's just an incredibly hard movie to stomach yeah um and certainly not one that i would recommend to almost anyone um <laughs> and, and definitely if your date male or female takes you to see a serbian film <laughs> you know, leave. Just take <laughs> off,
1: because the rest of the
0: relationship isn't going to go well.
1: <laughs> no, that would be a that would be an odd choice. It
0: would be an odd choice.
1: Odd choice. So uh, yeah, for uh, many reasons, a Serbian film at the top of our list of movies to avoid on dates. That's from 2010. So we got to get out of here. We got to see teeth. Uh, a reminder: the big announcement that we had earlier. We've got to have the premiere of Antlers, brand new horror movie from Scott Cooper, and that is going to be right here at Gateway for Fright Club, the April edition on April the 8th. Chance to see it before anybody else. So that should be fun.
0: But before that, March 11th, Eyes Without a Face, we're going to show our classic for this year, uh, Black and White. Cannot wait to see it. Yeah, that's that's I'm great I'm so one. excited for that one. And we're going to talk about Bad Doctors.
1: Bad Doctors. We yeah. had, we talked about one earlier. We did. So that's a great segue for Bad Doctors. So All right, good stuff. As always, uh, we love to keep the conversation going on uh, social media. As you can find us on Twitter, we're at Fright Club Pod. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it's always Mad Wolf Columbus and the main website where you can find our other podcast, weekly podcast called the Screening Room, about all the, where we cover all the uh, new movies. And by the way, we do recommend Birds of Prey. We had fun with it.
0: Yeah, go see it. If it's not making any it. money. I don't understand it. It was I very know. good. It was and super we, fun. And
1: we had zero interest in it. Zero. And ended up liking it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can find all that fun stuff. On the main website at MadWolf.com. So this podcast should be live and in color, if that makes any sense, on Monday. <laughs> uh, and until then, we are going to watch T. Thanks for coming out and braving the elements. And my stuffy nose. Uh, <laughs> until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's yours, Wolf. And this is the Fright Club podcast. Hey,